you are, if you were the problem, the state of mind and body. And a lot of people, when they state that, it comes from the forward of the big book. They drop out the seemingly, which is the most important word. Because if it was a hopeless state of mind and body, it was a damn good idea to get loaded. Yeah, if there was no way to get out of it, you might as well just forget it, try to forget about it as best you could, which is what we were doing in some ways, yeah? But it says seemingly, and the word seemingly means it appears to be true or false to you. So you and I have a huge responsibility here. We're giving everything all the meaning it has right now. A lot of it's been conditioned into us, but we're framing, we're framing this event, yeah? With, and the frame, we're not doing it like a Paul, but the mind is doing it. And that frame you could call self-centeredness. Yeah? So the sense of self that we're talking about is that feeling that, that gets conjured up or that, that's very vague. It's a sense that you're the doer. You're the long-lasting, independent, separate entity. In other words, when thinking is noticed, there's a feeling you're the thinker. Yeah? When there's a feeling that's noticed, there's a feeling that arises that you're the feeler of that feeling. It's, in other words, it's like you're feeling, you're having that feeling. When there's a problem, it's not seen as a problem, it's seen as my problem. Yeah? There's a sense of claiming, and that's what selfing does. So selfing, in a way, doesn't have a life, so it claims a life. It claims the life that you provide it. Yeah? So this event is a living. Yeah? There's a being going on, there's a living going on, but the, the mental process that arises in that event claims to be the one that's doing the event or the events happening to it. Yeah. So in self-centeredness, it's truly the system is, is centered on an idea of being self. And then there's an axiom in recovery that really gets you, which is self can't get out of self, which is tricky, yeah? Because there's a giant urge to get out of self. Yeah? But they're saying that urge is going to promote, really, the sense of self because self can't get out of self. So while you're attempting to get out of self, identified as a self, that's being in self. Yeah? That's like the bugaboo. So there's, you feel like it's a natural urge. I don't like something. I want to get out of here. Yeah? But it's, it would be okay if it was a place because you have the place separate from you. So if you were in a place and you didn't like it, you'd leave. Yeah? If, you were, if there was a book that you didn't want to read, you'd just throw it away. But the thing is, when there's stuff that you're not happy about, in your life, you, when you try to leave it, the problem that's causing that dis-ease is leaving. So wherever it goes, it'll bring the dis-ease with it, yeah? Because self is not, it's, it's an identification as, that's the disease, yeah? So when they make the statement that you are the problem, you're not someone who has a problem, it can be really uh, defeating, hey, I'm the freaking problem, but the solution is you're not actually the problem. The problem is you're identified as it, yeah? The problem is you're identified as it. That doesn't mean you're it. It means you're identified as it, and that's what's causing the problem to have a, have a, a profound effect seemingly here, yeah? So, but if you look at the identification and you're not that, there's your solution, yeah? <coughs> if you're not the problem, that's the solution. So this is an identification as self. So there's a process, a mental process that I like to call selfing. It's happening right now in your head. Your head is totally constructed in time, thinking about what I'm going to do later, like I want to go somewhere else, and do I have that, I hope they have that, that croissant I like at Starbucks <laughs> at 3 o'clock, and I hope they didn't sell out. I should have went there. <coughs> and all these assumptions, like you could be somewhere that you're not, and all this going on in the head. And all of it is really a subjective language, yeah? You're the doer in that language, entertained by an object. This is an object, yes? But this object is entertaining that it's the subject. So instead of being, being conscious that there's awareness moving through, you take yourself to be conscious. You think you're the one that's doing it, yeah? So when, if a bird flies by here, there's a seeing of the bird. I don't care how many times you vowed not to see a bird today, if you were looking up at the sky and your eyes were open, you'd see a bird fly by. Yeah? The bird would fly by, there'd be a seeing of it, and you go, I don't want to see that. Or you have a feeling and you go, I didn't want to feel that, but you already felt it, you see? Life is happening before you do. 
The idea of being you arises after the conscious contact. So there's conscious contact. There's seeing, hearing, you know. You're hearing that right now. There's hearing. Yeah? And then there's a, uh, there's a reaction by the mental process that I'm the hearer of that. And then I have opinions about what I'm hearing. What a fucking drag, you know? This is fucking up with, they're fucking my talk. You know what I mean? <laughs> they're, they're, they're affecting my delivery. <laughs> this is what happens, yes? But all there is is the consciousness of that sound. Then there's a mental reaction that I'm the hearer of the sound. As soon as the hearer of the sound lodges in place, you forget about the conscious hearing. And now it's all about the hearer or what's being heard, yeah? So you have tons of opinions about those fucking jamokes beeping that horn all day. And there's tons of opinions about me, yeah? But the sense of being on is forgotten, yeah? And that's what we're lacking in our lives. We're not feeling the Alan Vital. We're not, our, our attention's not on the pulse of light. It's on an after effect. It's on an afterthought. We're living an interpretation and we're missing what life is. That's why we go in the water and do things because at that point, the, the immensity of the event, let's say the water, overrides the selfing. Yeah? So while you're in the water, the selfing doesn't give a shit about being in the water. It wants someone to notice that you're catching a big wave. That's the selfing's agenda. It wants to be acknowledged, yeah? But you'll be in the water and the event is overriding the selfing so you have what? Relief from the bondage of self so you keep going into the fucking water. Yeah? Because what you really want is relief from that self. Yeah? I'm saying it's great to have those things you love to do, but it'd be, it'd be a lot nicer if you could travel lighter, free from that bondage of self while you're doing what you want to do or what you, when you're doing what you seem not to want to do. Yeah? That, that, that availability would be at all times with no requirement necessary, only your attention. Yeah? And I'm telling you, your attention is going to be attending to it when it stops attending to the selfing. And what causes me to, to attend to the selfing? Because it's about me. Yeah? If you come over my house and you're selfing all over me, I'm bored in five minutes. I'm like, I'm ready to, I got to leave. I got to go somewhere. Yeah? But that same thing's happening in your own head for 30 years and you're still paying attention to it. It's boring as hell, isn't it? Oh, what's going to happen to me? Am I going to have a good Saturday? Just like, let me compare my last Saturday with the hopes I have for this Saturday. <laughs> it's unbelievable. It's boring as hell, but why does it seem so entrancing? Yeah? Because it's about you. If we could break that idea that it's you or entertain the possibility it may not be you, what could possibly happen? Well, what I found happened was my attention and interest left that dead horse and started to paying attention and interest into what I was involved with. Yeah? Today. Now. Yeah? So there was a sense of the recognition, the recognition of right where I am. And if you, are, if you are actually truly recognizing here, you have an immunity to there and then. You're not obsessed with what's not happening anymore. Yeah? So, because most of our anxiety is not produced now. It's produced now, but it's, a, it's content is delivered from there and then. You're thinking about what's going to happen to you, what did happen to you. Yeah? Can you imagine? And so here... How can two weeks affect you now? How could it? It's not happening, is it? The only way it could affect you is by thought, yes? It can't produce a feeling yet. The thought about it can produce a feeling, but two weeks cannot produce a feeling because it's not happening, yeah? Three months ago cannot produce a feeling. It's not happening. It's the thoughts about three months ago and two weeks from now. That's what produces the feelings, yeah? The thoughts. How can a thought produce a feeling in one person and the same thought not produce a feeling in, the, in, in another person? How can one person have immunity to the same thought and that the other person is being affected greatly by it? How could that happen? Because it's not the thought, it's the mind of the thought. It's your identification as being the thinker of the thought or that the thought's about you. It's the obsession with self that gives meaning to the thoughts. Yeah? 
It's not the thoughts about self that are driving you crazy. It's your identification as self that gives the meaning to the thoughts about self that drives you crazy. We're breaking it at the first link, which is identification as. If you're dealing with the obsession, you're already lost. Yeah? If you're dealing with the obsession with self and you're really into it, that could be construed as obsession with self. Yeah? You could be trying to get out of obsession with self so much, it's another form of being obsessed with self. Yeah? The solution is at the point of engagement, which is not in the thought, it's in the identification with an old thought called I'm a long-lasting, independent, separate entity. That therefore I'm the doer of everything that's happening. I'm the feeler of every feeling that's moving through this event, yeah? I'm the hearer, I'm the seer, I'm the taster, I'm the smeller. As soon as that claiming of what it's not, it's, it, that is not its role, its role is an afterthought, it's an interpretation. It's very, it's great to have stories, but to be had by a story isn't so good, yeah? You're going to have stories here all day, your whole life, but to be had by them is a different story, yeah? This is called freedom from the bondage of self. A practical freedom from the bondage of self. Not produced by an event. Not produced because you went to a retreat. Because whatever is produced will be unproduced through time. Yeah? Whatever feeling that you believe was produced can necessarily be unproduced by circumstances and situations changing. You want to have a sense that's not produced. Something that's uncaused. Something's right with you beyond and before you, even your breath, yeah? Something that's always available at all times with no requirement necessary to meet it. That's called something that's, actually it's called nothing, <laughs> but that nothing is reliable, yeah? Have you ever been out of a moment you've been in? Have you? <laughs> have you ever been out of a moment called your life? Have you? You have, you think so. That's the, that's the bullshit. You can't be, there's no, there'd be no moment without you, without this, yeah? So this whole idea of getting into the moment is insane. I got, I'm going to really work hard and get into the moment. All that working harder to get into the moment is, is, is pledging to a belief that you could be out of the moment. That's the insanity. The insanity that you could be anywhere other than where you are. That's insanity, Yeah? When you were a kid, you didn't have that. Did you? When you were two and three years old, when you were playing, you weren't overly concerned, will I be playing next week? Because you had no idea of time yet, did you? Jesus. It's a wedding or something. Great. Someone uh, graduated. Don't worry, hell's coming again. Don't worry. <laughs> That's it. There's a marriage, and then about an hour later, there's a divorce. Uh, that's how it goes here. It's a dualistic construct. What goes up comes down, yes? <laughs> What's connected gets disconnected. I felt really connected today. And if you really believe you felt connected today, you'll, be, you'll believe you're disconnected the next day. Yeah? Uh-oh, I didn't do what connected me yesterday. I'm disconnected. Someone's walking around telling me they're disconnected. How can you? You're here. How can you be disconnected? <laughs> I just feel it. I feel disconnected. It's made up. It's made up. And it's based on whims and fairy tales and insane assumptions. Yeah? And it sucks your attention and interest like a black hole. And when you want to be freed from it, you can't be freed from it. Because now you're enslaved to the idea of being a self. Thoughts about it going two and three in the morning, and you're wide awake, because it's all about you. And you can't break that hypnotic trance, yeah? Because self can't get out of self. This is a different message. This is just hearing a possibility that you may not be that. We're not giving you any possibility about what you are, because what would be hearing that is what you're not, yeah? That's the worst thing. To, to give what you're not a noble endeavor is was terrible. It's unbelievably insane. It'll just, it'll just blow up a giant imaginary doll called you, a spiritual doll. Unbelievable. This is about recognizing what you're not. And in recognizing what you're not, you know, 
when all the selfies going, I need my, 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 it can never make that I need my. It just infers it. Your mind makes it. Your mind makes the leap into an action on the actor. Thinking, I'm the thinker. The thinking cannot make that leap. It just implies there's a thinker. It infers there's a thinker. It it assumes there's a thinker. Yeah? And your mind does the rest. It makes an ignorant leap into a state of being a noun. And then it loses the whole sense of this verb of living. It loses the whole sense of being, and now it's wasing and willing all day. I was that. I'm afraid I will be that. And therefore, you know, it's insanity. It really is. And the sense of self doesn't, it can't, it can't produce itself. Yeah? It's got to be remembered. So when the thought system is thinking about you, it pictures you as a body somewhere in the past, yeah? So let's say you go back three years ago. How do you see that three years ago? As a body, yeah? You're in a situation and you're picturing yourself as how maybe you looked or you thought you looked then. That's what the mind's doing. That's, and what happens is it's remembering you. By thinking about you in the past, it's remembering you now. By thinking about you, what's going to happen to me? The me that this represents, yeah? Projected into a future situation. Oh, shit, some bad stuff's going to happen to me. It's remembering, by thinking about you in the future, it's remembering you now. That's the enslavement of self. Why do you think the thought system is so active? It has to remember the center of the system. The center of the system isn't a self-burning sun. It's, it's, at best, it's a, it's a moon. It's sucking the reflection of awareness and producing a, a false sun, yeah? And it has to be reinforced all day by thought. There's a freedom. Right now, this moment, there's a pulse. You're on. There's an awareness. There's consciousness happening. You can become conscious of the awareness that is, yeah? You have that ability. Nothing can take it away from you. To the to your last breath, no matter how much stories you've believed your whole freaking life, the same invitation will be offered at the last breath as it was the first breath, at every breath that's ever been taken. The exact same invitation of freedom would be available. That's love, man. Yeah. Every time the mind can get into this fake knot, there's the love of solution right there. And the beauty of this solution is incredible. It's like there's the thorn, the old story of the thorn in the foot. And you walk, you got to walk around here, right? You're traveling. You're living a life, yes? So you're walking. You can buy Dr. Scholl foot pads and everything else and get, you know, comfortable moccasins. But still, there's an irritability, restlessness, and discontent. One day, you finally look at it and you see a thorn in there. So what happens? You look around, you find another thorn. You take the one thorn and you dig the other thorn out, yeah? You don't replace the first thorn with the second thorn, yeah? There's a problem. There's the thorn. There's the solution. Another thorn. This digs out the problem, yeah? If you stick the, this second one in, it becomes the problem. What happens is, this solution that we're sharing here is, the problem, in a sense, is imaginary. It's structured. It's reinforced. It's made up, yeah? So, therefore... As long as the problem seems real, there's a need for a real solution. So you entertain this possibility, I'm not that. Yeah? When you realize you're not that, therefore the problem was imaginary, there's no need for a solution. That's the true solution. There's no even need for a solution. You're the solution. You're the living solution. As you're acting as if you're the problem, there's the solution. Yeah, like St. Francis says, what's looking is what you're looking for. At every moment, you're looking as in, through self-centeredness, the seeing of awareness is available. Every moment. As, as, as seemingly the problem is just unfurling like this long flag of time, the solution of timelessness is right there. Right there. All it needs to do is to be entertained. Just like you're entertaining, you're a long-lasting, independent, separate entity. You're entertaining that your problems are real. You're entertaining that you're never going to get what you want. You're entertaining all the times you didn't get what you want. My mind's just entertaining all this. We're giving it a new possibility. How about entertaining you're not that?
And you know when they talk about recovery, when you have a pause, that pause becomes extended. You start living that pause. It's not a pause that's like in, uh, in between two time moments that are driving you crazy and then suddenly a pause drops in like grace. You now know that pause to be so. Yeah? It's an eternal moment, always available in every moment. Always available. doesn't mean you'll always be accessing it in your day-to-day living, but the possibility will be there. And then the calibration of mind will change and your mind will stop seeing things from self-centeredness and start seeing life from centeredness. Totally different experience. Yeah? To me, it's called traveling lighter on a grand scale. Very, very consistent, very reliable, like all-terrain vehicle. Travels doesn't change the geography of your life, but you'll travel lighter over whatever your life has in store for you. You'll be able to travel lighter through all those circumstances and situations that might be on offer. What more do you want? Really? What more would you want? Something that is truly reliable and truly, truly measures up to the definition of solution. Like it says in recovery about page around square uh, step ten, where the problem will not exist for you. That's exactly what it's like. Yeah. Do you haven't you had a demonstration for me? Alcoholism was a dominating weather front of my life. It dominated me since I was about seven or eight. Because the obsession with self was unbelievable. Produced a, a current of irritability, restlessness, and discontent I couldn't break. I could get relief from it as soon as I found alcohol and drugs <coughs> when I was about 12. But those released brought, produced other currents of fucking consequences. And I'd always go back to that irritability, restlessness, and discontent. It was an unbelievable domination, like a parasite. And then I got into recovery... And a demonstration occurred to a point where at round step 10 it said that the problem didn't exist for me. Now that's a damn good demonstration. A problem that had so much influence in my life doesn't exist for me now. That's a damn good solution. And this is exactly what this message is like. Once the bondage of self is broken and it's your end that's bonded to self. Self isn't bonding to you. There's nothing called self. It's a fucking idea of the mind. It has no tentacles. It has no adhesion uh, surface. It has no like suction cups like an octopus. It has no... It's you. <laughs> You're cherishing it. You're, you f- fell in love with this making of the <laughs> mental process. And it's, not, it's killing you. <laughs> really. <laughs> it's sucking your life away. <laughs> Saturday by Saturday. Monday by Monday. Tuesday by Tuesday. Time after time after time after time. You can't enjoy peace of mind because even if peace of mind breaks, you, worry, you, think, you think about peace in time. You go, well, I may not be feeling this tomorrow. How can you enjoy peace? If you're dominated by time, how can you enjoy what's happening now? It'll always be bookend that it wasn't happening and it may not happen. Yeah. You can't get out of In the mental realm, here is not here. Here is there and then. The here is just the is just the stage to be occupied with past and future. That's what a here is to the mental. That's what an addict wants to get out of is the mental here it's it's in. It's mistaken this here to be what it wants to get out of. So it never sees the solution because the mind has produced a mental here that definitely you want to get out of. Yeah? And until somehow something diminishes the mental state, you'll never be able to see that fucking made up wall to sense the other realm of mind, if you want to call it the spiritual realm. That's what the 12 steps for me did. They just diminished the mental condition and allowed something else to become obvious, which was always there, which was, my, which was that awareness. Just while, As much as I was conscious of the self and the obsession that was reinforcing it, I could be conscious of the awareness, which is the context of this place. I have the ability to be conscious. It's just what am I conscious of? If I'm hyper-conscious of the thoughts about me all day, I'm going to be driven fucking crazy. I'm going to demand things from people that can't deliver. I'm going to expect what's not realistic. I'll have a huge sense of entitlement. All this stuff just grows in that petri dish of self. 
about cleaning, you know, <clears throat> if you took, if you had a rose bush and it was in a bad pot with no good soil, didn't get much light, didn't get much water, it wouldn't probably bloom, you know. Well, let's say that rose bush had self-centeredness, so it's been blaming itself. I'm not the one, I can't bloom, what's wrong with me? Something's wrong, I'm inherently malfunctioning. Look at all the, and then jealousy of the other rose bushes that are blooming. Fuck you, rose bush. <laughs> Fuck you too. You know, all this stuff would arise based on the condition it thought it was in. Yeah? What would happen if you took that rose bush and put it in a big pot with a lot of good soil, gave it some good water and some sun? It would fucking bloom. Yeah? It would bloom. If you put mind and mind is reflecting selfing all day, it's going to be driven crazy. It's going to get neurotic. It's going to be like a marathon runner put in a closet. It's going to get so fucking extremely bored, it'll do almost anything. Yeah? <coughs> the same mind, if you let it find something that's reliable, like what's always here, <laughs> what precedes everything, what's the context of all, let's say you want to call it awareness, and maybe it can rest on that idea, then the same energy that is seen as obsession with self in spirituality, be called abidance in the truth. It's the same energy. It's just what vehicle it's put in. Yeah? And you're not going to get to the abidance of truth getting into the vehicle of self and trying to drive self to that. That's like trying to, that's what, that's try, like trying to bring an agitated thing and put it on a relaxing mat. Yeah? It's going to be agitated. You know what I mean? Selfing is agitation, isn't it? You're always trying to unbecome something you think you are, or you're trying to become something you think you're not. You know? It never stops. It's like a slinky. It moves one. I want to be better. <laughs> but I'm really not. But I'm going to really try. Today I'm not going to have a resentment. Oh, I hate that fucking person, by the way. By 835. Oh, I, oh, that's not good. Oh, It just goes on and on and on. Desire to become, desire to unbecome. That's all selfing is. <coughs> what happens when you have a desire here? Let's say you're here on a big day, it's beautiful. And then somebody walks in who you're interested in. You forget the day, don't you? You start focusing on that object. Then you start focusing on what that object would bring you. Then you focus on, but I, it, it's not bringing me anything yet. So now you get really pissed. And your whole attention gets sucked into a desire. The desire just focuses your attention, Yes and you omit everything around it. That's what we're in all day. It's called the frame of fucking self-centeredness. <laughs> we're in... This is a huge mind looking through a very small window. And while it's looking through the window, it forgets what's looking. Yeah. And the first pain it goes through is the idea of being a long-lasting, independent, separate entity. And now it thinks that's what's looking. It thinks the one pain, something that was being seen, is now what's looking. It's made a little mistake, yeah? But that little mistake <coughs> geometrically progresses here, yeah? Obsession doesn't just stay usually as one, it just mutates, doesn't it? If you're obsessing over alcohol and drugs and you get sober, then you, some people start obsessing over pornography, money, sex. It just goes off and off and off, on and on and on. So here's this mind coming through this small frame and there's a pane of glass, but it does, as soon as it moves through that pane of glass, the glass tells it, I'm the one who's seeing. Yeah? So now everything hits this pane of glass with your little happy face on it. <laughs> it never goes back into the, into the nature of mind. Yeah? It's like this. Thing to thing, thing to thing, thing to thing. And then thought's all about things. And you're stuck in this important, this loop of self-importance. And it's fucking killing us. What do you think you wanted to get high for? When I got loaded, it was the, it was a solution. It was. And everyone, the society looked at it as a, all they could offer me was punishment. They said, if you keep taking your solution, we're going to punish you. And the way I was, hey, I was willing to pay any consequence tomorrow not to feel uncomfortable now. Nothing was going to stop me to get relief from that fucking bondage. Yeah. But that relief didn't work. It was temporary, and it actually strengthened the bonds. This relief fucking works. The intention was pure back then. It was just, it was rooted, it went, it went in an ignorant manner. 
Now the attention is pure and it's met its match. It has a very good idea and I have a way of life called AA to express it, to express that freedom from bondage of self. Yeah? To be reminded of it. To be reminded of what it looks like not to, to be bonded to self by listening to people share at meetings. Constantly being reminded that I'm no different than anybody. If I thought like those people and saw things like they would, I'd be in the suffering they're in. I don't want that. I have no interest in it anymore. I want to be free. It's a nice, much nicer feeling. Yeah. And I don't need to rely on anyone for it. So, so if you're in recovery, just, just start with the thoughts. Are they your thoughts? How could they be your thoughts if so many people have them? When you go to meetings and they share... They sure sound like the way you think, don't they? They sure sound like the way you feel. So how can it be your thoughts if they're, if they're our thoughts? And if they're our thoughts, then they're not yours. Yeah. Then they're a foreign installment. Then they're produced by a system of thought and interpretation called alcoholism. Yeah. A subdivision of self-centeredness, an extreme subdivision. <laughs> yeah, that's all it is. It's just a modality of mind that has us trapped because it presents its nature as our nature. It presents its center as our center. Its center is hollow, but we fill it up and make it seem to be so. If you're going to... One day, if it keeps getting put off, you're going to run into one last breath. Yeah? You're going to get caught unawares. If you're putting it off, oh, it'll get better tomorrow. There's not going to be a tomorrow one time. You know? There's going to be a breath, and you're going to be waiting for the mind to interpret what happened to, at, at the last breath, and another breath's not coming. And you're going to be caught in a little fucking middle world. You won't, your, hand, your, your awareness or attention won't be on the pulse of life. You'll be waiting for the head to tell you what's going on. And the head's going to close down with the body. Yeah? The voice box isn't going to have its last statement. Oh, don't worry, it'll happen tomorrow. It ain't. Yeah? You're going to miss sort of the boat. <laughs> your whole life, you'll have been sort of out to lunch. And the last moment will definitely declare that because you'll be out to lunch then. Yeah, we're living on a time delay your head's telling you about the second before now it can't be here it's a process it's produced in this moment it's not prior to the moment what's prior to the moment is what we are Yeah. what we're not is a product of a mental process that happens in the moment that we're in but its attention is about the last seeming moment yeah It'll never catch up to being here now. Never. It's an impossibility because it's not here now. It never was here now and it never will be here now. It's a story about a prior moment. What would happen at that last moment? That neck, that bridge is going to be broken. You're going to be left in a certain no man's land in a way. Your mind will be waiting to be told what happened and it will have already happened. It will be over. Yeah. Check it out. So if they're not your thoughts and they're not my thoughts, let's say they're alcoholic thoughts. When I entertained that idea, I got relief, quite a lot of relief. And then you start knowing the problem by the, from the solution, yeah? When you start getting relief from thoughts because they're not yours, then you realize it was the my of the thought that was the problem, not the thoughts, yeah? It was the my, M-Y. That little act of claiming and owning is the dilemma. That's where the bondage occurs. The thought doesn't bond you. It's used to bond you, but it's not the bonding agent. It's the my. Yeah? So instead of going through 70,000 thoughts and seeing which ones are good or bad, which ones support my, my ultimate end or anything like that, we're going to one thought that's not even seen as a thought anymore. 
because it's 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 evolved into a feeling, and that's being the thinker, yeah, being the doer of your actions. If you're the doer of your actions, let's say, where does all guilt and shame rest? It has to rest on you being the doer, doesn't it? If you had a sense that you really didn't do those actions, if you really got the first part of the first step that you were powerless over alcohol, so while you're loaded, you would have to do almost anything, you'd be let off your own fucking hook. You wouldn't have all the guilt and shame you had for those old past actions because they wouldn't have been your actions. You had been taken over by a parasite and you were doing basically what it was telling you to do. Yeah? Why are you still held to, to, held to those fucking beliefs that you could have done something different? What does the term powerless mean? It means you have no power over it. Yeah? It's like dancing with the gorilla. You're going to stop when it wants to stop. Yeah? But why does the mind keep persistently mining guilt and shame for those past behaviors? Because it still is rooted in that belief system that it's the doer. Yeah? And it's mining guilt and shame and pride and all like that to build another edifice to itself, which is going to crumble. So in a way, this is like, you know, you know, you got to be willing to save your ass instead of your face. But like when I came in AA, I thought my face was my ass, really. So I had to have like a spiritual anatomy class. <laughs> and then when I realized, hey, let the face collapse. Stop blowing it up. Stop cosmetically rebuilding it because it's going to collapse at the at a drop of an insult. You know what I mean? It's, it's built on very shaky ground. Let it fucking drop and let something else build, be built there. Or well, maybe better let nothing be built there. You know? We got enough face left to make it here in the world. So. See you, bro. I think that's it anyway. I don't know. Any questions today? Okay. I have a question. So, um, kind of like you're saying that answer doesn't not, the solution isn't part of the problem. If I identify with me, I'm already in the problem. If I can see in the moment when I feel like total love, when I feel like it's not me, it's not about me, and I'm just like here, and then what are you saying? You have to cultivate that? Like try and get... Don't try anything. When you have that feeling that it's not you... It's Entertain it. Let's see if the mind can expand to, hey, it never was you. <laughs> but that's a practice, isn't it? It's not a practice. To... It's not a practice because when it comes up, the mind's entertaining anyway. Yeah. So just entertain the idea. Like when you have an experience here or a moment that it isn't you, let the mind sort of uh, suck on that for a while. And it may expand into realizing it, there never was a you. Just like when I used to do service, or I do service. Yeah. So when I first was doing service and recovery, it would work like 100% of the time. I'd get out of myself. And what would be the feeling? When I got out of myself, I felt available. Yeah? Felt available. Felt a little bigger and just brighter. And then when I felt available, I became available to what? A sense of a higher power or something, you know, that I wasn't sensing usually during the day. Yeah? That would be it. Oh, every one of them. Every event of service, that's basically what happened. You know, I'd be in, I'd be in some cocoon of selfing, walk into the H&I, and then I'd be listening to people share, and after about 10 minutes, the cocoon would crack, and I'd feel open and forget all about the story that was being weaved, and, and then I'd be available, and I'd sense the spirit, whatever you want to call it. So after a while, one time it happened where when I sensed the spirit, my mind entertained, hey, I'm this. <laughs> I'm this. I'm not that which is having to get out of self all day, I am the out of self. <laughs> My mind expanded on it. And once I got that I was out of the self, then I'm, a, then I'm always available and I'm of service. <laughs> it's, like, it's like a Lamborghini matched to a Model T Ford. You know? the, 
the accrued way is I'm in a situation I'm truly not in, having to constantly get out of it. Service is a pretty good way to get out of it, is that I've never been in that situation. There's no need to get out of it, and I'm actually in the state that the service seemed to be producing all time. <laughs> to me, that's a whole different ballgame. Yeah? That's mind in both conditions, situations. There was mind. Mind was was entertaining a very sort of claustrophobic, crude way of, all right, we're never going to really get out of the problem, but I'll ease its effects a little bit. Or a quantum leap, like AA does sometimes, where the problem doesn't exist for you anymore. The mind can quantum leap. All it needs is one example. It doesn't, it may take 100 or 50, but it's not because of the mind. The mind can entertain this like that, yeah, instantaneously. That's the whole point. So when you have those feelings, or when there's a real obvious recognition you're not seemingly bonded, honor that. It's not a practice. You may want to call it a practice, but it, there needs to be a practitioner to have a practice. We're not using any idea of a practitioner. When I, when I honor it, it's not Paul honoring it. Yeah? There's honoring it. Yeah? Paul is being forgotten in the honoring of it. That's the whole point. Like, there's a, a Zen master from Japan that says, uh, to study Buddhism is to study the self, and to study the self is to forget the self. So if you study and you learn anything about the self, you're going to learn that it's not you. And if you entertain it's not you, you're going to forget it. You're going to forget that idea. Yeah. So, and then I have one question to follow that. So that's the me part of it, but the, um, the doer part, where you're you have shame about your past. What about if you're, the shame is about that you continue to do the same? You know, in AA, there's like this idea that I'm trying, I'm trying to get rid of, and keep doing the same thing. Forget about the past. Forget, I keep continuing the same sort of behaviors. Well, maybe use, maybe look at the behavior a different way. Maybe look at the behavior a different way. Maybe ask a subjective question when you recognize the same behaviors playing out, who is it that it's playing out to? <coughs> and who is it that has the shame about it? Maybe put a point your attention in a different direction every once in a while. Use a subjective question. Yeah? Like, who is it that has shame about this? Who is it that thinks they should be doing better? Who is it that thinks they should be over this by now? Question that. Yeah? Yeah. So what's being said here is... Um, as identification is in place, that's where it becomes, that's where the problem occurs. As soon as identification, like me, I, you, and... Well, yeah. Isn't this human nature, or is this an alcoholic nature? I mean, I'm asking that, the question is more about... Well, it's just a mental nature. Mental nature. Yeah, alcoholism is just an extreme division of self-centeredness. Yes. Everyone seems to be formatted in self-centeredness. But there's no someone, you know. No. Yeah, there's just mind being formatted. So mind is around the frame, mind is inside the frame, and then there's a frame of mind called self-centeredness. It's all mind, yeah? So the, this little mind can entertain it's the big mind and that there's no frame because it's all mind. Yeah. Which is, but the thing is, if it doesn't hear the possibility, it won't entertain it. See? That's the dilemma here. Our... We're not entertaining infinite possibilities anymore. Most of the possibilities we're entertaining are defined and they've been conditioned into us through society and education. So we've been defined when it comes to okayness to believe I was maybe once okay and I will be okay, but it's never really okayness now. Yes. Yeah? Yes. When we're more into where our modality here is to do and have into a state of being instead of being a, re recognizing there's a state of being that's and then there's doing and having. Yes. See, if you recognize there's a state of being, then you see doing and having, it, they're not uh, interpreted as there must be a doer and there must be a haver. You just see doing and having. It's the it's when. The state of being isn't recognized. The doing implies a doer, and the having implies a haver. That's the bondage of self to me. That's the self-centeredness. But being is doing and having here. Yeah? But it's not you that's doing and having. See? It's the, that's where the hook, that's where you left off the hook. <coughs> it's not about, oh, nothing's happening here. Tons of shit's happening here. But who is it happening to is the question, yeah? 
<laughs> if it isn't happening to you, you may lose interest in it in a lot of ways, and it may be very liberating in the way you experience life. Yeah. It's something else to start getting freed from the bondage of self. I'm telling you. It's a multi, multi-layered gift that keeps on giving. Because <laughs> you'll see <coughs> the selfing was a pretty extensive mental net thrown over a lot of things. <laughs> and when it starts getting withdrawn, man, it's a huge... Uh, you really start knowing the quote-unquote problem from the solution. You really get a sense of what it is. And then you realize, like in AA, there's a simple statement. It's so beautiful. It says, why are you in so much fear today, John? That's the question. Why are you in so much fear today, Paul? Why are you in so much fear today, Leslie? And it doesn't let us run off a story about it. It says, he says, isn't it because self-reliance has failed us? So if you get lost in trying to follow the trails of all the hundreds forms of fear and self-centeredness and self-pity that can manifest... Trace it all back to where it comes from. He's saying it's when the mind is relying is relying on a failed system called self-centeredness. Self-centeredness is a failed system. Yeah. If the system worked, would it need have to have excuses, rationale, and blame? If your system of thought actually navigated into in this life for you or as you successfully, would you have to have all your stories about why things haven't happened? <laughs> would you need all the rationalizations, the excuses, the blames? Would you? If, like, if I had a furniture business and I never missed a delivery, would I need any excuses for the clients? I'm sorry I didn't get to bring the couch on time because I brought it on time. Would I need to blame anyone from stopping me from bringing the couch on time? I brought it on time. Yeah? It's a failed system, isn't it? Has it brought you happiness, joyousness, and freedom that stabilized? Has it shown you where to go to it, how to make a camp there, and how to build a life on it? Has it? Has it provided any kind of security that things, if they're going well, are going to stay that way? Or does it basically say you, if it's going bad, it's going to be like this for fucking ever? Is it like a crazy weatherman up there that's constantly projecting and predicting terrible storms for you? <laughs> you don't see it has a bias? Its bias lends itself to contraction? Instead of expansion? Do you want to be led by that? Do you want to live under its slavery? Having the... Uh, oh, I, I, I can't ever expect any abundance, but can, like a beggar asks for little things here, be in relationships and kowtow to some dominating motherfucker <laughs> just because you're afraid of being alone. Jesus, look at it all. Look at all the forms of slavery it puts us in. There is a solution. There is. You are that solution, sitting right where you are. It may seem like an incredible responsibility, and it really is. And most of us like the victim role. Most of us don't want to really stand up for how big we can be. Yeah? We want to play it small. Every time we share about being free, we always bookend it with, but I'm still crazy. As if we're afraid to outgrow the, you know, the fucking, uh, you know... It's insane. We're so scared to profess being, you know, liberated or something. We all we always want to sort of shake each other's chains and make sure we're still sort of fucked, you know? Yeah, I'm still fucked. So you I don't you know, I just can't that's no way. I don't you know, waiting for someone to bring me what I need is crazy to me. You know, if I'm if I'm dying for love, I better look where I am, not for you. <laughs> because if you if I'm dying for love and I'm not receiving it from where I am, and you start bringing me, I'll probably kill it. Yeah, the mind is a very very jealous god. The selfing, it's like the Old Testament god. It doesn't like any other gods before it. It'll smoke you at the drop of a hat. <laughs> it puts up a lot of requirements to, for you to be okay. If you do this and do that, you'll be all right. Yeah, it always changes the hoops and the level of the bar. You never, it's never going to deliver the goods. If it if it could have, it would have. Yeah, has it? <clears throat> Are you still trying to get out of self? 
obviously it hasn't worked. If you're still trying to get out of self, and you've been trying to get out of self, or relief from self, for so long, something's not working. Yeah? <coughs> something's not working. If you're still trying to get out of self, and the intent was to get out of self, what would happen if you were out of self? You wouldn't be trying to get out of self, would you? So obviously it's not working. I'm saying, you're not in self. And that's what produces the experience of being out of self. And that stabilizes. How do you get that at such a deep level? Like, I, I can hear your message. I can feel it. I can feel it for a second. I can be there in the H&I meeting with you, and I can be like, yeah, I get that. And then I'll walk, drive away from here, I'll go unconscious, and I'll go right back into my regular self-centered. You need more repetition, bro. Come so Saturdays. Seriously. But going to Leslie's point, then, it is, for us, normal people, right, who are that's reinforcing the idea of being the practitioner. Just look at something, just look at it as, see, for something to be done, it doesn't need to be a doer. So it's just mind doing it. So the mind maybe, the mind resonates with the mind. For me, when I heard this message, it was like an unspoken yes, yeah? So what I did was I went to meetings like this, I read some books, and I entertained the possibilities that were being conjured up by what I was reading and what I was hearing, yeah? My mind sort of went, what? <laughs> and then it just, Expanded on. <coughs> so is it like just being drawn to the light? Yeah, you're being Not drawn being to the light. It's like, can you talk? Can you say the moth is practicing going to the light, or is it drawn to the light? Yeah, you, the moth isn't seeing it as a practice. It's being drawn to the light. This is sort of it. The mind is being drawn to its own nature. Yeah, that's why you feel good now. That's why it, it goes aha. Something you already know it. There's just a lot of other knowing that's distorting it, yeah? And that's why we have AA and other things, so that the mental condition will diminish all that self-knowledge and all that, so that the, the, like the raw mind can become obvious. So come to a meeting, read a book or two, just read a couple of things. If you want to call it a practice, make it a practice, whatever. Yeah, I, I'm just struck constantly by sort of the habitual yeah. thing that I'm in. I don't know if I'm working on anybody else, but it feels really difficult. I am trying to get out of self. I don't know how else to do it because I can't snap my fingers and keep a, and maintain a realization that I'm not my smaller self-centered self. I can't. I can't maintain that. I immediately forget that, and I immediately start reacting to life again from that from that small perspective. And so there's a lot of density there, and just years of, of habitual thought that. I mean, I wish I could be there a little quicker. I really do. I really believe that at least 51% of me wants to be there. <laughs> well, hang out with us, bro. Yeah. Seriously. Just like the we of the program. That's why we have it. We have these twice a week, and then we go out afterwards and hang out. Just like when they used to take me to coffee my first year of sobriety. I was a cocaine user. I never drank coffee in my life. <laughs> and I was, why the fuck am I going to these cafes every fucking day, spending hours talking about nonsense? But they said, are you still sober? I said, yes, it's fucking working. <laughs> so this is called association with truth, satsang. That's the, in Hinduism, that's what they talk, they call this a meeting of satsang. So we, sit, we get together and we associate with each other so that some people have, let's say, at that given moment, more certainty than the other person. And it will rub off on the other people, the certainty of the other people, yeah? Just like in AA, we're not all insane at the same day. So it helps, it works, right? <laughs> So here, certain people are sitting with a lot of certainty about this message. Other people have a lot of density, let's say, blurring that certainty. So you hang out. The certainty wears off, yeah? And we, I've been, I've never missed a meeting, John, you know? I've gone to a lot of meetings now, doing these talks, <laughs> thousands of them, because that's what my mind needed. And so it's created the perfect seat assignment because it seems to be coming through this. So I'm at every meeting. But I'm listening to it just as much as it's coming through. Yeah? I listen to it on a vibrational thing. I'm entertaining the vibration of mind. And, it, and I acknowledge it because it's rang its bell so many times now. Yeah? But this is what we do. One meeting, 8,000 meetings. It's the same thing. We're trying to be reminded so that that 
little possibility can be entertained while all the other possibilities rush in. You know, the importance of time and this and that. Because they can definitely, a lot of times, you can almost see their point is to do that. They're meant to sort of distort or blur the obvious. Yeah? All the activity we seem to be engaged in in the day. So we need help. We need crutches. We need assistance. We need fellowship. And so that's what we're providing. We get together, and some people here, they don't, they don't come for anything. They just come. That's all. It's nothing. It's just like a habit now. But it seems to, it works. So. And the thing is, this isn't meant to be used. I don't. It's not my job to see how people get it. But this isn't another fucking thing to beat yourself up with. It's just a fucking possibility. Wherever you are, whatever seems the right thing to do, do. Sometimes you need to do work. Sometimes it's not important to do work. Sometimes it seems to be thought or effort. Other times it's not thought or effort. Yeah? You gotta, in, in the Course in Miracles, they always talk about level confusion. Do not be confused where your mind is. If you try to apply a solution like there is no world and you're having an experience that your house is on fire, it's much better to have a pail of water than that message that there is no world. Yeah? So. Find out, find what you need. But you were brought here today for a purpose. It's in there. You got the spiritual subpoena. And it's not like you're on your own. There's tons of support. There are. We have these meetings. That's why we do it twice a week. And we, it's not like we lay the bomb on somebody and that, and, oh, bye. See ya. You know what I mean? Go, I know you're going to fuck yourself. Take care. Because I know your mind's going to make it something. And that something's going to beat the shit out of you in another fucking great way. You know what I mean? So... But no, we don't, we don't leave it at that. We come every week and we do it and we do it. Yeah. That's our responsibility as a group, too. Yeah? Just like in AA. The AA group has a responsibility for their hand to be out to the suffering alcoholic. So, in a way, satsang is like that. We, we need rest stops in this world. And this is a rest stop on Saturday morning in Marin City. Before you go surf, before you have a great day, you can come in here have a nice talk. I feel you get uplifted. I do. I sense a presence. And then that presence won't seem so ethereal after a while. It'll become really, like, obvious. And then it'll be remembered when you're not remembering it, yeah? <laughs> That's when it gets really good. When it's like remembering you. That's when it really gets good. It uses yeah? you. What? It uses yeah, you. Yeah, yeah. And you'll see it, bro. You have it in you. I can see, so... In a way, I have faith in mine. I know mine. Yeah, see. Yeah, well, another um, way that I look at it, I'm hearing the message, and of course, for the longest time, my first response was, how do I uh, facilitate it? How do I make it come to me or whatever happen more often? And of course, it's, you know, reactivating the old self, trying to run the world and <coughs> do it. And well, not so long ago, uh, uh, realization occurred to me that um, this entertaining of that invitation, the message has got sort of a corrosive effect that once you hear it, even when you don't seem to be paying any attention or remembering it somehow it's hard for you, if you really heard it, it's hard for you to buy into your old trip, you know when, you're, when you catch yourself being engaged in being really uh, a, a doer a, you know, changing the world, running the show, whatever, it, it's you catch yourself and you just can't take yourself that seriously because it's a message sort of works from inside out. It's got this corrosive effect of you can't take yourself too seriously. You just can't say, oh, gee, you know, just an old uh, pattern of thought or reaction just playing out and it just kind of doesn't have the juice that it used to. Yeah. I wind up with this one thing. You know, like in AA when we... Uh, People say, you know, AA just ruins their drinking. <laughs> this message can start ruining your selfie. It really can, because you'll start seeing what you weren't seeing. You'll, you'll start seeing what you were seeing from. Yes. You'll start seeing its construction. Instead of looking out of the window of that house, you'll see the construction of the house. And then you'll be moved to the blueprint room. And you'll start seeing where the mind devises this whole idea. And it's so much easier to move out of, of a house that hasn't been built yet. <laughs> you know what I mean? And you'll just, it's sort of like, you know what, yesterday I'm at the beach and there's a riptide. I think you were in it actually. I may have been you. There was a heavy rip going out. And me and my friend at the beach could see the rip, but the guy that was actually in the rip couldn't see it. He was going out. 
yeah? And, you know, you got to go left or right. And he was swimming against it. And we could see it because we had distance. That's what this is like sometimes. Selfing is very claustrophobic. You're like an action figure in the consequences, yeah? This lifts your mind up a little bit and you start seeing what you used to see from. Yeah? And it has a it has a magical effect. You get some relief, baby. I'm telling you. All right, that's it. Hey, thanks, man.